Good evening. Welcome back to another episode of the Shula Bowl podcast brought to you by the fine folks at Five Reason Sports. As always, you can find them, your home for South Florida sports news on Twitter at the number Five Reason Sports. You can find us, the Shula Bowl pod on Twitter at Shula Bowl pod. We are taping post. Uh, David, is it still called the Shula Bowl when it's a basketball game? Let me know, man. Let me. Is, is it still Shula Bowl? I actually I, I don't think it has a name. The Shula Bowl, I know, is just for football. Uh, so I know it's not that, but I don't actually think the basketball game has a name yet. We we we, we, we got to fix that. How USF UCF has the war on I four, uh, the FAU FIU rivalry needs some sort of name across all sports. But David and I just uh, finished watching not together, but we just finished watching the FAU FIU basketball game. Uh, it, it's a slow Thursday night of sports, so I said, why not tune in and uh, you know kind of figuratively figuratively give my support. Uh, to the Shula Bowl rivalry. With that being said, uh, what was it? One point win, three point win, David? It was a it was a two point loss. Uh, 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 sorry, sorry, I, I, I'm, <laughs> speaking, I'm speaking as as the neutral person here. I apologize. Listen, <laughs> this is what this is what's gonna happen. They they had this loss just to make the victory on Saturday, which is my birthday, extra sweet. Oh, okay, no, David, uh, <laughs> 25. Ah, okay, I assured you, you're 25, brother. Man, hey, it's all downhill from here, man. You can you can rent a car, and guess what? From that, it uh, you know, sorry, your insurance goes down. Insurance goes down, rent a car, and after that, it's all downhill, man. Uh, without further ado, welcome to the Shula Bowl podcast. Uh, Eric Henry, FIB writer for SB Nation, alongside my guy, FIU superfan David Handel. This is going to be a FIU-centric episode because, quite frankly, over the past, well, was it Thursday, so the past week, there have been a ton of changes to the FIU coaching staff. We'll be joined by special guest, Mr. Anthony Yero of 305 Sports. Some of you may know him. Uh, he's jumped in and uh, covered FIU sports as a whole. He's done a lot of football and basketball work. He's going to jump on. He'll be calling in a few. But in the meantime, David, I'm going to run down the list of changes. I know this is something that you've wanted to talk about. Is, uh, um, I talk about a lot. A lot of fans have wanted to talk about these changes. Four moves from the coaching staff. Let's run them down. Let's start on the offensive side. Uh, we know that Rich Skrosky, we taped a, a podcast that Rich Skrosky was no longer the offensive coordinator. There is a new OC in place. That gentleman is Tim Harris Jr. I did an interview with him on Monday. If you have not uh, read it, check it out at Underdog Dynasty. Tim Harris Jr. is your new FIU offensive coordinator. Rich Skrosky also held the quarterback quarterbacks coach role. Excuse me. That role will be held by Bryn Renner. Bryn Renner, no longer the cornerbacks coach, the former North Carolina quarterback, three-year starter. He is heading back to his, uh, probably say his natural position, honestly. You know, someone who played quarterback his entire life. Uh, when he was an NFL quarterback as well. Don't want to short him the, uh, that, uh, that, you know, distinguished, that distinguished uh, um, uh, accolade as well. So it was an NFL quarterback. He will be taking over the quarterbacks. Tim Harris Jr. will also still serve as the running backs coach. Drew Davis, in addition to being the tight ends coach, will now be the pass game coordinator on the defensive side. Kind of a, a move that I didn't see coming, um, uh, at least in the in the uh, moment that it was it came down on Monday. I knew about the offensive moves. I did not know about the defensive moves, but it makes sense given that Everett Withers was available. Jeff Kopp, Jared Cruzy, your co-defensive coordinators. Jeff Kopp was your co-defensive coordinator and linebackers coach. Jared Cruzy was your co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach. They will not return in 2021. The name I mentioned, Everett Withers. You may That name may ring a bell because he actually had agreed in principle to take the defensive coordinator job after Brent Guy's resignation uh, almost two years to the day. I, I believe I wrote the article February 14th 
of 2019 that he had agreed to take the position, a last minute position with the New York Giants and uh, Joe Judge. That um, staff came up and Everett Withers took that job, but there was no hard feelings. The door was always open for him to return. And after a short stint as an analyst at the University of Texas, Everett Withers is now your FIU defensive coordinator. It is not known whether or not he will take a role as a position coach as well. So that could leave a the, the role as far as the safeties coach open. Brandon Harris, former FAU, oh, God damn it, there's one dollar in the jar, former <laughs> FIU uh, GA. He has returned. He was at Florida State this past year uh, as, a, as an analyst. He is back at FIU. He'll take over as the cornerbacks. And last but not least, uh, defensive line coach Kennard Lang left the program to take over the head coaching role at his alma mater, Maynard Evans High School in Orlando. So the roles that are open right now are defensive line coach and safeties coach. Again, we'll have to see whether or not Everett Withers may fill that role, but that is where we're at right now. David, uh, I've got that all out of the way. All the changes, I think I wrapped everything up. Sir, have at it. Uh, I know this is these changes, specifically on the defensive side, uh, have been on the minds of a lot of FIU fans. Even our, in our last podcast, you had mentioned that um, from the fans' perspective, you, you thought that there, there would have been a change, and now it is here. So you're the voice of the fan. Have at it, sir. Yeah, uh, yeah. Also on the defensive side, uh, I like I like the heart of Everett Withers. I mean, he's got an amazing resume. Um, I don't know, like you know, too much about him. I just know that he was supposed to, if I'm not mistaken, come to FIU a couple years ago before he took the Giants' job. Um, so you know, I'm hoping he actually sticks around this time. But I mean, I think the resume kind of speaks for himself. I'm excited. Um, you know, it's kind of a you know a pretty big name. You know, like just of where he's been. He was just at Texas this past year. So, I mean, he brings P5 experience, he brings NFL experience. So I'm really hoping that, you know, he, you know, crafts his defense, obviously to his own, but like improves it to a level that us fans like have been waiting for. Right. So I have really no complaints there on the offensive side. We had, we had spoken about it, um, you know, whether it was in our you know WhatsApp chat or even probably on this podcast, I, I wanted to bring in an OC, you know, from not in-house. I wanted to bring in someone new. But when they when they announced the hires, I kind of, like, when I was thinking about it, one, if they were going in-house, which they did, I'm very glad that it was Tim Harris. I think out of all of them, he was the most deserving. Two, what kind of made me change and be like, all right, I, I like the move, was the reaction to not only current players, but – a, pro, a past players who have left. Everyone has, you know, glowing reviews of this guy. They love him. He's a he's obviously seems to be a players coach. So you know, I, I'm kind of now on board with the move. Um, I'm hoping that you know, obviously our our running game and our running backs have been a standout for the past few years, and so I think that he's going to bring in more of a focus on the run game. And I think it's an I think it's awesome, and I'm I'm you know very happy for him, and I'm you know obviously again once again hoping for the best for all these positions. So that's the reason I was kind of changing. I, I as I said, I initially wanted to bring in somebody, but you know um, now that the move is official, I, I am happy with it, and and I'm happy it's him. And then the other two moves with Bryn, I thought the Bryn to quarterback coach makes sense. Uh, I mean, he once again he, like you mentioned, he's you know played quarterback for UNC, and he went to the NFL. Uh, when he was first announced for the, as the DB's coach, that was more shocking than anything. I was like, oh, really? Like, that's kind of weird. But then if you look at it from the perspective of, of like, having the DB's pl- learn from a quarterback, I guess it made them better because our DB's have been 
essentially our best defensive unit the past three years under Bryn. So I'm excited for it to see his switch to the offense back to the offensive side. And then Drew, I'm very excited for Drew. I, I love Drew Davis. Um, what he's been able to do with the tight ends is great. Uh, I did want to ask, I, I was a bit confused with what his role is because I know he's still a tight ends coach, but is he just like almost like a, a, a co-offensive coordinator or what, what's his, what's the new role? Sure. So, and I'm glad you asked that so I can kind of provide some insight for fans. It's a pass game coordinator. So that is a role that a lot of programs really at the collegiate level, you don't really see it much at the NFL level. That's really a role that's held by your offensive coordinator, so to speak. Um, But at the collegiate level, you, you will see quote unquote, the pass game coordinator, right? So Drew essentially, you know, will be working, it kind of, because of the fact that you have Coach Harris, Tim Harris, who is um, n- not an inexperienced offensive coach, but inexperienced at this level, and you have Bryn Renner, who is, once again, relatively inexperienced in terms of his coaching career at this level, you probably want to have all hands on deck in terms of crafting that offensive game plan. So it's not a co-offensive coordinator. It's just that that Drew will be more involved, essentially, in the pass game in terms of and I, and I don't want to speak out of turn without having spoken with Drew um, specifically. So I'm just going to kind of give a broad outline based on what you see at other schools. Essentially, you know, you have your entire playbook, right? But, you know, most teams, they don't go into a game with, hey, we've got a thousand plays and all thousand plays are, are available on game day. Usually you boil down your playbook to, you know, you game prep and you say, you know, I feel comfortable with this this week and this is what's going to work against these looks and so on and so forth. So Drew, essentially, once again, without having spoken to him, this is just more of an outline of what you see at other schools. He'll be involved in crafting that pass game uh, throughout the, the, the I mean, he'll have roles in the offseason as well, but throughout like the, the week during the season, as far as this is what we're going to do on game day. And, and again, I, I'm, I'm saying this. Uh, without having spoken to him, but that's just kind of a broad outline of what that role is. And it's the same thing in terms of like Coach Harris being the run game coordinator. It's like you'll get with your running backs and be like, this is what we feel comfortable running against this look on game day. And you kind of shape that that game plan that you go into Saturdays with. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely makes sense. Um, so Harris is still going to be kind of the one mainly calling the plays, obviously, but Drew's going to have more of an impact drawing up the offensive like passing plays is what i'm understanding i spoke to uh, to tim harris on monday he is unless butch davis tells us otherwise tim harris will be the play caller got it okay cool i mean yeah so kind of what i was talking to some guys earlier in the week about is that out of all our you know like position coaches i mean our running backs our tight ends and our dbs have been our strength especially this past year so it makes sense that those three coaches are the ones that are getting elevated roles. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited once again. Um, like I obviously, I wanted to bring in someone new, but I'm, I've kind of, you know, come to the side that I, 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 I want to see what these guys can do uh, with more, like, I guess more power with their position and see if they can change things up. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, I, and, and once again, I think the biggest thing is that the players love to play for this guy. And so, you know, let's let's see let's see if he can get if he can you know get them to to play better. I guess <laughs> next next year. But um, but yeah, I, I, I'm excited once again. Uh, I'm hoping to see who you know. I'm assuming that we're going to be making the D line hires or the a new DBs coach hire uh, relatively soon. So let's see how those go. David, before I give my opinion, and I also want to say that we are still uh, waiting on Anthony Euro, who will be joining us. He'll call in a second. 
What are your thoughts? You've seen some of the defensive linemen transfer out, whether it be Alexi Jean-Baptiste or Chris Whitaker, Nate White, the former three-star recruit out of Orlando Edgewater High School. He you know, said in, in, in his uh, tweet, due to unforeseen circumstances, he has to enter the transfer portal as well. What are your thoughts, not necessarily on you know the defensive line higher, but you're losing certain guys at the defensive line? I guess my question for you is this. Is there any concern from the fans' perspective that you know you've lost "quote unquote" your two best pass rushers, and now another young rusher uh, in Nate White, Noah Curtis has chosen to go to the NFL? That's a, a fair amount of defensive line experience and talent that you have to replace. Just curious your thoughts on that, given the fact that we all know the struggles against the run. Um, well, my reaction is is I'm still terrified <laughs> because because you just said it like we're losing basically our best playmakers on the line to a line that's already, you know, not been the greatest when it comes to rush defense. So I don't really know what to expect. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be a point of emphasis, like when it comes to recruiting. I know we, we already signed like the early recruiting class. Now I want to see who we can pull in either in the transfer portal or, you know, just, you know, high school guys. So it's definitely going to be a position of need. Um, it's just kind of like, I guess it's like you don't really know because we don't – I don't even know who – if we started the season next week, I don't even know who our starting D linemen would be. Like I, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's, it is worrisome. Um, we, we've lost a lot of guys. So it's, it's just – I guess it's almost like a waiting game and, and seeing if, you know, Withers can cook up like a new defensive scheme that, that you know, can help us. But um, it, it is worrisome and I know – um, when all these transfers were happening, a lot of fans, including myself, were like, w- like, <laughs> kind of just like, oh, here we go again. But you know, I- I'm trying to be as optimistic as possible, Eric. It's the off season um, <laughs> after a rough after a rough year, so I'm um, just trying to to be as positive as possible. I'll help my man David Handel out. You know, he's left Davon Strickland, who he had a very, very solid year. Someone who kind of was, you know, a lot of things got overshadowed in the 0-5 year. But uh, Davon Strickland uh, had a nice, solid year. Um, don't have his stats off the top of my head. He, I, if my memory serves me correct, led the team in sacks. So Devon Strickland, uh, of course, you're bringing back Kevin Oliver, chosen to come back. You're looking at a uh, potential return of guys like uh, Andrew Tarver, who will be back. Um, David Reynolds, the kid from Nashville, got significant playing time as, as a true freshman. Didn't see as much playing time last year. I believe he actually may have entered the transfer portal, if my memory serves me correct, at one point during the year, but um, but uh, is still with the program. So you have guys like that who, who are still there. Um, Rocky Jacques-Louis was someone who was used a lot as a pass rusher. Uh, even though Solis is a linebacker, he got a lot of stamps as a pass rusher. So still plenty of guys who are there and can make plays and, and we'll have to see how they'll be implemented. I'll go and give my thoughts just as far as the position coaches and, and the uh, coordinator changes. You know, it, it, without, you know, now that we're, we're here and we can kind of, you know, look at it in a past tense. I think Jeff Cop was in a no-win situation. You know, um, Coach Cop, uh, kind of, a, you know, not kind of, was a well-liked coach, a hard worker. But the fact of the matter is this, he wasn't the first choice for this job. The first choice for the job when he got it is now the defensive coordinator. That's Everett Withers. And, um, you know, Jeff Cobb being a first-time defensive coordinator, it, it, it was a tough gig. You know, it's a tough ask. And, uh, you know, I, I think he he did – all coaches try their best. But the fact of the matter is this, 
I think FIU will benefit greatly from a veteran defensive presence. I'll go ahead and run down Everett Withers. For those uh, fans who I'm going to assume are not familiar with Everett Withers, I'll run down kind of just his defensive history over the past, you know, 15 years, notable stops. He had a stop in the NFL to New Orleans Saints, um, was the Tennessee Titans defensive backs coach for seven years in the early 2000s, was defensive coordinator at Minnesota, defensive coordinator under Butch at North Carolina. When the, you know, uh, academic scandal happened and Butch Davis resigned at North Carolina, um, which, once again, for for anyone who's unclear, because there seems to be some unclarities about this, uh, Bush Davis was not found of, of any wrongdoing in North Carolina, but he resigned prior to the 2011 season. Everett Withers took over as interim head coach, went 7-6. and six. From there, he went to Ohio State, where he was the assistant head coach and co-defensive coordinator, got his first head coaching job at James Madison, then went to Texas State. Then that was when the, the gap between the FIU job happened, and then, of course, he got the job from New York Giants analyst at Texas and now at FIU. So very much a veteran presence. I think that will help this defensive unit a lot. I'm definitely intrigued to see how that will, will shake out a defensive line coach hire. I'd like to see how that plays out. One of the things David, that really goes on unnoticed and not really, you know, isn't given a lot of limelight. When I talked to Anthony Johnson a couple of years ago at his pro day, he mentioned playing for, you know, multiple defensive line coaches in multiple years. You're talking about someone who stretched back to the Ron Turner um, era. And that's something that's huge, right? So these kids are going to learn a new technique from a new position coach. And we'll see how it goes. But I think that's one thing that you necessarily that isn't necessarily taken into account is that, remember, you're spending most of your time with your position coach. So there's got to be that, that synergy. So we'll have to see how that hire plays out. Huge fan of Bryn you know, at the, at the quarterbacks, uh, quarterback coach. I mean, I think, you know, not that coach Skrosky, there's one thing that Rich Skrosky could do is prep quarterbacks for the next level. Again, I've talked on this podcast about James Morgan and Alex Magoo swearing by Rich Skrosky in terms of that they wouldn't have been as prepared for the NFL had they not played under him. So that's something that, you know, is, is goes without saying, but I think maybe a new voice, someone who is, is younger and not to say that, you know, coach Skrosky can't relate to the quarterbacks again, had a great relationship with all the quarterbacks, but Bryn, if you know anything about him, uh, his nickname is the Energy Man. Stanley Thomas Oliver calls him the Energy Man. And David, as you noted, that his time with the cornerback was kind of given the given that perspective of a former quarterback at the at the cornerback position. That's something you had there. So I think he'll be a great fit at quarterbacks coach. And Tim Harris, he's someone who, you know, when I talked on Monday, spoke about, you know, really wanting to get the ball in the hands of the playmakers in space so that they can go out and make plays and kind of simplify things for the offense. So let's see how that happens uh, really quick. And I see our guest, Anthony Euro, has joined us on the line. So I will finish with this thought and then introduce him. But something to pay attention to, and I hope that FIU fans are, uh, are cognizant of this, I do think that they will find ways to open up the offense in ways that may appease FIU fans. But remember Tim Harris's background. He is a running backs coach uh, by nature. So I would look for, you know, a lot of emphasis on the strong backs, but also the emergence of Rivaldo Fairweather, the emergence of uh, our, our plays like um, players like Ster- um, Sterling Palmer. I almost said Sterling Sharp there for a second. Sterling Palmer. You have Joe Hawker, who was a three-star recruit out of Cincinnati. You bring in the kid, Daniel Pilgrim, who may have a chance to make an impact as a freshman. So look for, you know, maybe looking at multiple tight end sets to use them in the past game as well, especially when you have young receivers like Chris Mitchell and Nate Jefferson, who will still be looking to be developed. But without further ado, we'll go and bring in, bring on our, our, our third member of today's podcast or tonight's podcast, I should say, fresh off of uh, the FAU FIU game, Mr. Anthony Euro. Anthony Euro is the, uh, the, the, was he the CEO of 305sports.net? Uh, does a great job covering 
FIU athletics as a whole. And uh, it's kind of like my little brother there in the press box as far as football games. So, so I'm happy to say he's been doing a great job covering games. Uh, I think his last story for football was the uh, piece on Cameron Williams, the FIU offensive lineman who had to step away from football due to uh, a Wolf's Parkinson syndrome. But Anthony Euro, thanks for uh, joining us on the podcast. And uh, how you doing, man? Doing well, Eric. How about you, man? I appreciate the love. Um, no doubt. Fresh off this FIU FAU loss, kind of bummed that they had no press conference. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, man, that's uh, the life of a journalist, man. It happens, you know. It, 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 yeah. it's uh it, it can be it can be a, a battlefield out there, man. But really quick, you know, like I said, want to thank you for joining us. Uh, we've had David's thoughts on the hires, had my thoughts on the hires. Uh, you actually wrote a piece as far as who you thought might have been the offensive coordinator candidates. And one of the candidates yeah. you wrote about, Tim Harris Jr., ended up getting the job. So I'll let you take it away from there and kind of your thoughts on the coaching moves as a whole. Um, I actually support the move. Obviously, you and I have talked to about it before, and it helped influence my, my writing and all that. Um, so obviously, we know Coach Davis entering his last year of the contract. And, you know, couldn't make any big, big moves, obviously. And uh, Coach Harris, I think it was deserving. Um, he's probably the best recruiter on the team. Um, the players love him and, you know, it was, he did a great job with running backs. I feel like that was the, the, the brightest, like, takeaway from the season, the running backs, because before Flex got hurt and, and Peterson, you know, they, they were also doing well. And of course, um, Devontae Price was exceptional this year. Um, I liked the move. I saw it coming. Um, also saw coach Renner being promoted to quarterbacks coach coming. Um, it, yeah, if it was going to be inside the program. It would, have, it would have either been Coach Harris or Coach Renner. But I support it. Anthony, let me ask you this really quick before I, uh, you know, go back to David for a second. You were right there at the press box, at least as far as home games. You were at every home game. Uh, we haven't had a chance to get your thoughts just on the season as a whole. And, of course, you were, like I said, right there at every presser. You know, you ask questions at every presser. So you were right there with me. Um, just what were kind of your thoughts as far as, you know, um, I've kind of taken the position just to kind of fill you in that yes, you know, 0-5 is an 0-5, and it's not anything you want to be happy about. But here's the fact of the matter. When you're depleted, the amount of players that you are, and given the fact that it was a COVID year, not saying that, you know, 0-5 is something you just sweep under the rug, but when you look at the fact that they played Liberty tough, that was a really good team. The Middle Tennessee State game, I still don't know how they lost it because that's a game I thought they should have won. Asher O'Hara, you know, had theatrics or his heroics in the fourth quarter. And the Jacksonville State game, we all know that, you know, the passing game was anemic um, and we saw what happened there. But it's kind of what were your takeaways from the year as far as what you saw? I think I haven't done official research on it yet. I think it's something that's obviously come on mind and I might. But I don't know of another team that got hit worse by COVID than FIU. Um, I mean, I remember Coach Davis told us and they had 17 players out, including three of the quarterbacks. I think it was Max and Stone for the J-State game, and only Kalen could practice. Was that, was that how it was? I don't remember. It, it, was, it was the, uh, the Middle Tennessee State game, if memory serves me correctly. The false positive yeah. game, right. When, when I uh, – yeah. <laughs> to, to Phil, I'm going to let Anthony pick up in a second, but I, I remember asking Butch Davis post-game, uh, why Kalen went the distance, you know, especially coming off of, you know, the situation with Stone looking, uh, yeah. at least statistically being the best quarterback. And uh, Butch Davis said, because he's the only one who practiced. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, go ahead Anthony. Like they, they just got depleted, you know, and, you know, when you throw the shit on the defense, the shade on the defense, it's also like, you know, they're on the field the whole game. So, 
I mean, you just think about it. If you're on the field the whole game, fatigue kicks in, they're going to end up wearing up. And then the court, they were a quarterback away on offense, to be honest. Receivers, um, you know, I, I thought I would, would have saw a little more from J.J. Holliman this year. But obviously, um, we don't know how the preseason went and obviously no training camp, the scrimmages. But, I mean, I, I side with Coach Davis there when every time we speak to him, he says, if we had a spring practice, we would have been better. If we had a two spring games, we would have been better. And I get where he's coming from because, you know, COVID hit, hit the FIU team very hard. And, you know, if, if they're able to develop Max or whoever is there at quarterback next year, whether it's Kalen or a transfer portal, transfer, transfer portal quarterback, I think a quarterback and a new look on the offense in terms of schemes would, would definitely help FIU's case next year. Because when you look at it, a lot of their losses were one, two possessions. And like you said, the Liberty game, they, they, they played them very hard. And if it wasn't for one of those suspect calls, they, there's a good chance they would have beat a team that ended up being a couple power fives at the end of the season. David, want to bring it back to you for a second here as, you know, piggyback off Anthony's point as far as quarterbacks. How would you feel about uh, a quarterback addition to the quarterback room? There are a couple quarterbacks who um, are, are speculated to have had some interest in FIU and vice versa. Uh, one that I feel comfortable talking about that I, I can say with a, a measure of certainty is former Florida State quarterback James Blackman, that there has been some mutual interest. The other one that I cannot confirm, but, you know, other other um, uh, uh, sources and other people around the uh, around kind of, you know, both sides kind of speculating have, have mentioned this is former UM quarterback Nikosi Perry. Just want to ask you your thoughts on, you know, maybe one or two of those guys coming in and just, you know, so I'll put it to you that way and then ask you, let's say there's not a quarterback that's brought in and just as a whole, what you have on the roster right now, how would you feel about that personally? I will take Blackman or Perry in a heartbeat. Um, I want either one of those guys. Um, I, 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 I wouldn't feel as comfortable if we stick around just with the quarterback room that we have. Um, you know, Stone obviously left, so I think we just have Max. And uh, Wiggins is still around, I believe. But I, I really want to bring in a new guy. I think we can bring in – if we can bring in Blackman or Perry, two guys who have experience at a P5 level, I think that would give a very big elevated boost to the offense um, and two guys, once again, with experience. So I, I hope we can land one of those two guys. I would feel more comfortable with one of those two guys. Um, but, you know, if we have to stick with one from the past season, I would probably just have to go with Max um, as opposed to, to Kalen. But, you know, yeah, I would definitely feel way more comfortable with a transfer. And, David, one more question for you here as far as the fan perspective, because you are a voice of the fan here. You're involved in all the fan chats. You know, the people who are uh, who are involved in programming this podcast, you know, they all talk to you. They let you know who they want to hear on this podcast, who they don't want to hear on the pod. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, but but serious question. Um, Just how are how and, you know, you being plugged in with FIU fans. How do you think they're feeling given the moves? Uh, do these moves, they like reinvigorate and re-energize the fan base? I mean, it, obviously nothing's going to be back to the, you know, the, the, the state of the fan base post UM, but just kind of want to ask you, you know, you having the pulse of the uh, FIU fan base, you know, kind of your read on things. For, for the coaching changes? 
Right. And, and do, like essentially, and I'll ask the question succinctly, I apologize for rambling. Do the coaching changes, you know, what's the feeling that you get from the FIU fan base? And do these coaching changes kind of like reinvigorate the fan base that obviously wasn't feeling great given coming off the 0-5 season? Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised. Um, it it was like more positive than negative um, in like the fan chats, at least. Uh, everyone was pretty excited about, I, I believe it was, it was either Monday or Tuesday when all these announcements came out and it was, it was a fun day in the chat. It was just like, everyone was just kind of excited to hear news, I guess. Um, but overall, I think everyone's like kind of, you know, come to terms with what the changes are and they like it. I think they, they do like the move of Harris um, and they like the position changes of, you know, Bryn and, and Drew getting more, um, you know, more say in the offense. So I think overall it was actually positive. Uh, when it comes to the changes. So I, I was, I mean, obviously there's a few that, you know, still aren't on board. Um, once again, I'll, like I said earlier, like initially this wouldn't, this wouldn't have been my first choice, but I've kind of come to terms with it. And I, I, I actually, you know, I, I like it now, but um, overall I think it, it was actually a positive, um, you know, day for FIU fans. And Euro, I'm going to come back to you one more time. Um, just, you know, final thoughts as far as this, the, the moves that have happened in the offseason. We talked about the coaching changes, but want to get your thoughts really quickly. Just, you know, you're out there. You're, uh, you know, re- someone's really plugged in as far as recruiting, things of that nature. Uh, didn't get a chance to get your thoughts on some of the kids that were brought in from FIU's recruiting class. Want to ask you that and just maybe, you know, what your thoughts on, on the program are heading into 2021. I'm actually very excited about the recruiting class. Uh, you know, I'm, there's also a couple early enrollees, which is always a good sign. Um, my favorite recruit out of the entire class is Katrivas Getter or Jeter. I'm not sure how to pronounce I think it's Getter. Jeter. But, it's Jeter. Uh, Jeter. I, I, Jeter. I have it as Jeter. You could be right, but go ahead, uh, Anthony. Yeah, out of Carroll City, um, a running back, you know, recruited by Coach Harris. But, uh, you know, he, he, I saw his games this year, and he, he was putting it on in the highest level. You know, here in Dade County, if you play at Travis Powell Stadium, which is basically known as the mecca of, of South Florida football, um, you know, you got to come out and show out. And he did exactly that. He he had breakaway rushes. He has the body. He, he he's exciting. And I think he's a great addition to a running back room that's gonna, you know, thrive. And I'm sure you know with Coach Harrison as the OC, obviously he's a running backs coach, so he's gonna give that an emphasis. And you know we could see him. We could see um, Jeter making making an early impact. But also, uh, I like the addition of Daniel Pilgrim, tight end, and uh, Demetrius Hill as safety. You know, uh, Hill, uh, South Florida guy, um, versatile. I, you know, I like I like how they're recruiting the area and uh, good signs. What was your second question? No, I, I mean you pretty much answered. I just wanted to ask you, you know, just how you felt about the recruits heading to twenty twenty one. So you pretty much uh, nailed it as far as all those points. So with that being said, Anthony, I want to give you a chance to go ahead and plug your work and your site. Where can the folks find you on Twitter and what's the website, sir? Uh, you can find me on. Uh, on the internet, uh, 305sports.net. Um, name is Anthony Euro, lead FIU writer. Uh, you'll catch me at the press box. You can follow me on Twitter, at AnthonyEro1. Uh, I appreciate it, Eric. No problem, Anthony. And with that, that you can find us on Twitter at Shula Bowl Pod. You can find South Florida's home for sports news on Twitter at 
five, the number five reason sports. And you can find David on Twitter at Mr. Handel three, two, one, David, I think I'm writing a, like a four month streak of getting the Twitter, right? So we're all good there. And of course you can find our FAU insider, Shane Marinelli on Twitter at Marinelli Shane. Uh, the next episode you will probably hear from us will be my interview with former FIU center, Shane Magoo. So stay tuned for that. A lot of good tidbits there. And of course you can find me on Twitter at Eric C Henry underscore. Thank you for listening. Uh, happy sports watching. Unfortunately for the FIU fans, Shula Bowl loss or uh, uh, Shula Bowl basketball loss. Once again, we're going to come with a name for the FAU FIU basketball game and they'll redo it again on Saturday. Everyone wish David a happy birthday, you know, turning 25. So big milestone there. Thank you for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time.